Never has love been exemplified until the cross. Never has love been so personified until the cross. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. Welcome back to In Grace on this Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. And we're thankful that you are part of our audience today listening and hopefully learning uh, something. Every time that I study and every time that I preach, I learn. And I tell you, I I just love the Bible. I love uh, studying it. I love getting stuff out of it. And I love it when it it changes me, and it does every time. And, and I tell my people in our church, Quentin Road Baptist Church, I say, listen, you have to spend 40 minutes in a, a text with me. I have to spend my whole week in that text. So it ought to change the preacher as much or more than it changes the people. So I hope you feel that today as we are in our Story of Jesus series, which is a chronological look at the Gospels. The reason that we did this, two, two or three reasons. One is the importance of understanding uh, the life of Christ. I mean, if we are to be like him as believers, as Christians, then we ought to really study him and know exactly everything about him. And so that's the main reason we're doing this series. But we're also trying to answer the critics who say the Bible's full of errors, the gospel has contradictions. And, and so I said, well, let's go through the gospels chronologically. Let's go through everything. And wherever there's a supposed contradiction, let's tackle that. Let's look at it and let's figure this out. I was surprised because we've come to very few, um, maybe maybe two or three uh, supposed contradictions. But how easy it is to understand what at first looks like a contradiction. And it's basically just a, a difference of viewpoint. One includes something, the other doesn't. It doesn't mean... That, that they were wrong. It just means that the books of the world could not contain all the things that Jesus did. And so each author of the Gospels was divinely inspired to include certain parts of a story and not others. And, you know, some of the Gospels, it's just one Gospel that talks about certain aspects of, of the events. Uh, sometimes all four of the Gospels give us insight into an event. I love it when it's all four because we really can see it from all the different angles. And so today we're in his uh, upper room discourse. He's speaking to his disciples. He had just uh, celebrated what's called the Last Supper uh, with the disciples and instituted something that we continually observe today in, in our ministry, in our church. It's called the, the communion or the fellowship with the Lord in, in the Last Supper. And the Bible says the next time that you'll be together with Christ will be in the millennial kingdom. And that'll be a wonderful day of fellowship and a special time with Christ. But now he had predicted Judas would betray him. Judas had left the room. And we're going to talk about that and some of the intimate things that Christ is now telling the disciples, the 11, that they were going to go through. And some people think that once you become a Christian, everything's just going to be easy and, and nice and wonderful. Listen, the Christian life is the best life because, first of all, you don't have to worry about hell. But second of all, you have a friend walking with you. But sometimes God will allow things, trials into our life that are hard. But because of that, 
there's going to be something great coming out of it, something way better than if the trial hadn't happened at all. So let's, let's learn today and let's recommit to being humble and to being obedient even through trial and then allowing the Lord to change us and make us into the person that he wants us to be. So we'll be going into that and more today here on In Grace. Uh, just before we get into that, don't forget on Wednesdays, In Grace broadcast a TV show on TBN on Wednesday nights. We'd love for you to watch In Grace because we're featuring amazing arches right now on TV, and that's also our offer. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the program today. You can also watch In Grace anytime on YouTube and just search for In Grace. And then once you do, go ahead and subscribe and get alerts whenever we put out a new one and like the videos, and that helps more people hear the gospel through In Grace. We also are excited because we're doing a Gather in Grace event this Saturday. For those of you that listen in our hometown in Chicago, we have a Gather in Grace event in Downers Grove, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. To get a free ticket for that, go to ingraceradio.com. And then those of you that don't live in Chicago and you'd like us to come to your area, let us know as well. We'd love to meet you and get to know you. You can also get to know us on one of our In Grace travel opportunities. We're going to Israel in February. February this year and February of next year. And we're also doing a cruise to Alaska this July. All that is on our website, ingraceradio.com. I don't know what kind of person you are, but I like it when people just tell me the way it is. Do you like it for people just to say it? right? Just to come on out and whatever they have on their mind, you want to know. Or maybe you don't like that. Maybe you like the people that come at it in circles and they go around the issue and around the issue and around the issue. There's actually an idiom for that, and that's beating around the bush. So do you like to have someone beat around the bush or do you like for someone just to beat the bush? <laughs> You ever wonder where we get these phrases, by the way? So I wondered about this beating around the bush, and I, I looked it up. I should have known this one. This goes back a ways, and this was in hunting. You would hire some people to go and flush your game. And, of course, the animals, the birds, the, the cute little bunny rabbits, Bambi, they all like to go in thick brush, right, or trees, bushes, and so they would hire people and they would go around and um, you say, well, why wouldn't they just kind of just go right in there? Well, there's danger to that, right? There's real danger if you just go right in there because the animal can come right out on you. So I think that's fascinating when you start to look back at terms and phrases that we use, idioms, and uh, find out, you know, the backstory there. So let's cut to the chase, shall we? Oh, you want to know where that came from too, don't you? Uh, any of you that know, uh, I think, black and white movies, you'll know where that one came from. So uh, let's cut to the chase and get to John 13 in verse 31. And we are in the final day of Jesus' life before he's crucified. We are in a series called The Story of Jesus. And when I say story, I don't mean a made-up story, I mean a true story. It's The Gospels are telling us the truth of Jesus. 
And some people will say, well, they're full of errors, they're full of contradictions. We've done this study. This is installment number 120. I look back, we've been doing this study for a long time. You poor people, you poor people. But uh, we're getting close. Actually, there's still a lot to cover because so much happened, so much happened in the last uh, day or, you know, of course, the resurrection and his appearances and all of those things are still to come. But we've been studying this and we haven't found those contradictions. We found maybe two or three times when the different authors of the Gospels would have a little bit different information, but it's easily understood because this is this person's viewpoint, this is this person, how he saw it, just because he didn't include that didn't mean it didn't happen. So we really found out there aren't any contradictions. They're all easy to understand, and there's only a couple that you would even consider contradictions. The rest are very easy. And I'm finding it so amazing just to see all of the things that he said and that he did in a chronological way. Some of the Gospels all have, you know, something about this particular story or that particular event, but sometimes it's only one. So I just love how each author, God led them along, God inspired them to include a certain uh, thing, a certain teaching, a certain event, uh, because again, their perspectives. We have... One perspective is for a certain group. The other perspective is for another group. And so it all is just very harmonious, I believe, as we've been doing the study. So we're going to get to a second episode in the upper room. So we're coming to, again, the last day. And he had just uh, had his disciples gather in an upper room. When we go to Israel, we go to an upper room. And now, of course, it's not the upper room. How do I know that for sure? Because Jerusalem was destroyed. And so it can't be the upper room. But I'm guessing it's probably in a similar area as the upper room was in. Certainly, Jerusalem isn't that big, so we have to be close. And the upper room that we go to, can you all imagine it? As um, many of you have been to Israel and you've been into that room, uh, there's something special about that room. When you think about what happened there as Jesus Last time we talked about how he was a servant. I mean, we're talking about God, all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing God in flesh is doing the job of a servant. He's washing the feet of the disciples. That is unbelievable. That should humble us right there. And then he uh, celebrates the Lord's Supper, the Lord's table, and it's a beautiful picture of his upcoming sacrifice for our sins. And he tells us to continue to do that as often as we need to, to remember him because he's coming again. And the next time we'll be with him in uh, the marriage supper with Christ. So there's all of this that's already happened in this upper room, but now we come to some more. Uh, and let's look at John 13, 31. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. So let's first take a look at what is this talking about when it says he was gone out. Well, remember, Jesus had just predicted Judas' betrayal. He could have easily stopped all of this. He knew what was coming. He knew he was going to be betrayed. I don't know that we can think of a worse betrayal in all of human history than this one. 
Yeah, there's a lot of betrayals. You've probably felt betrayed at one point in your life. Never has there been a betrayal like this one. And even in this upcoming betrayal, Jesus still shows Judas grace. He washes his feet. The one that was prophesied to betray Jesus. And by the way, some people say, well, he was born to be a betrayer. No, he was not. He had this choice. He could have not betrayed the Lord just as easily as he had betrayed him. Okay, we don't believe in that. Every person has a choice. What we do is not God's fault. He's given us the will to do what we want to do. Ultimately, he's in charge, but we can either follow him, we could reject him, we could rebel against him, we can betray him. And you say, well, you said it was predicted. What do you mean? In Psalm 41, verse 9, it says, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Now, this is probably a dual prophecy. Because David was probably talking about his counselor who was a traitor and joined his son Absalom's rebellion. And I think he's also talking about Judas. And you know what's really interesting? Both Judas and Ahithophel both hanged themselves. And again, Jesus could have identified the traitor Now, if he had done that, if he had identified the traitor in the room and everybody in the room knew that this was Judas that was going to betray him, he said he was going to be betrayed, but he didn't say exactly who. But Judas knew that Jesus was talking about him and he left the room. And it says by night, it was nighttime when he left the room. And then that terrible, Jesus is the light and he left the room. But Jesus could have identified him but he still shows Judas love and grace. And if he had identified, I'm sure the apostles, the disciples would have uh, done something to Judas, right? They didn't realize exactly what was going to happen until it happened. It was too late because this was predicted. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr., Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out Ingrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. From the iconic, delicate arch in Utah to the lesser-known arches in Arizona, Colorado, and Kentucky, this series showcases the stunning diversity of these natural wonders. But it's not just about the scenery. Amazing Arches also features Ph.D. astronomer Dr. Danny Faulkner and Ph.D. geologist Andrew Snelling, who provide fascinating insights into the geology and history of these iconic landmarks. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE or visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We're talking about unspeakable suffering. We're talking about awful humiliation. But from the divine perspective... This is going to reveal glory, the glory of God. Isn't that unreal? How could that be? God is going to be glorified because of what is about to transpire. When again, 
this is just such a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that's about to unfold. And then Jesus continues in his upper room candor. He was being very candid with uh, his disciples. He's now with the 11. He's now both (laughs) being very uh, forward with them, but also every now and then he's teaching them, he's helping them. And this is one of those teaching moments. He says, little children, yet a little while I am with you. And this is John 13, 33. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So what's he saying? He's saying, I'm going to the cross, and you cannot come to the cross. So now I say to you, a new commandment. Now don't think of this as new as in they've never done this before. Because he's going to talk about love. But never has love been exemplified until the cross. Never has love been so personified. Okay, so that's why it's called a new commandment. Jesus says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Now, how did he love them? Well, he chose them. He put up with them. I mean, these guys, I shake my head, but you know what? I'm sure I would be the same way. And they're going to do it again in this passage, in the upper room. They're going to do it again. Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to get the seat next to Christ? Boy, the graciousness of Jesus. That tells me a lot about God. He's not out just waiting for you to mess up. He's cheering for you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. Not to say that he can ignore sin. Certainly he cannot. And that's why he put upon his son your sin. If you've received that gift, you are saved and you can never leave that love. That love is pervasive. And this is the love that we need to have for each other. We've been forgiven so much, so we have to forgive. Yeah, people are going to slight you. People are going to be candid with you. They're going to say it like it is, and you're not going to be happy with that sometimes. But I hope you'll always come back to that person and thank them. And thank them. Say, you know, most people would never be loving enough to say what you just said to me. And make sure you're loving, by the way, when you say that. That you love one another as I've loved you, that ye also love one another. This is the new commandment. And again, not new in time, but new in, in its beauty because he's going to personify love. By this shall all men, verse 35, know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. It is going to be so obvious for the world to know there's something different about you. If you are saved and you are following Jesus Christ as his disciple, which I hope we all are, and we are loving each other, we're going to love the unlovely even. It's going to be a beautiful testament to God at work in our life. And just think about that. The next time you get depressed, the next time you feel overwhelmed, the next time you wonder why these things are happening to you, just realize that God has loved us so much, and this is the new commandment, to love like Jesus loved. How much did he love us? He went to the cross for us as sinners. You know, it's interesting in John, the first 12 chapters, we only see the word love 12 times. But all of a sudden, in this chapter on, 
the word love is used 42 times. Think about that. What's about to happen? The cross. Love. Love. And then all the disciples learned their lessons and they were always loving to each other and they never had any more problems for the rest of their lives until the next sentence. It didn't last very long. This is how I know that once you have eternal life, you can't lose it because they would have lost it right here if I were God. Okay? This is incredible. I mean, he's, he's just predicted that he was going to be betrayed and now he's teaching them to love each other and now there's strife. Let's look at Luke's account, Luke 22, in verse 24. And there was also strife among them which of them should be accounted the greatest? Oh, this must have been so frustrating for the Savior. But you don't read it. You don't see it, do you? You don't. And he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. So this is Jesus correcting them. Basically saying this. That's what lost people do. They try to exercise dominion and lordship over people. They are the boss and they're going to tell people what to do and they want to rise up in the ranks. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so, verse 26. But he that is the greatest among you, okay, here it is. And by the way, this is to us as well. If you have received by faith Jesus Christ, if you are following after Jesus Christ as a disciple... The greatest among us, me, you, let him be as the younger. And he that is chief, as he that doth serve. And we'll pause there and pick this up again tomorrow on our Thursday edition of In Grace. And this is really important that we learn what Jesus was teaching his disciples in the last really hours of his life. And that's, you know, these are the times that you're going to hear the most intimate, the most important, the most heartfelt things from Jesus uh, to his disciples. And I really feel like it's to me because, you know, coming up soon is a, a prayer that Jesus made. And he talks about that this prayer isn't just to the disciples, but it's to all believers. And so I feel like these words are for me, and I hope that you feel that as well, and you're impacted by that. A couple of things before we go. Number one, uh, don't forget that we have an event called Gather in Grace, where in grace comes to you. And I don't like that uh, podcasts and radio programs are one way. So I want to meet you. I want to get to know you. I want to hear what God is doing in your life. So if you live in my hometown of Chicago, I love Chicago. I love the Bears, love the Cubs. Not so big on the White Sox, sorry. But if you live in Chicago, uh, we'd love for you to come out and uh, visit us at in Downers Grove this Saturday. And there's a free ticket on our website, ingraceradio.com. And we're on three stations of our 550 stations that are in Chicago. And so we're happy to have an event in our area. And if you'd like to Ingrace to come to your area, let us know as well. And then don't forget that Ingrace is going to Alaska. We're doing an Alaska cruise this July. And then we also have two trips to Israel, one this February and one next February. And we'd love for you to join us on one of those. And finally, if you give a gift of any amount to Ingrace to make sure we 
continue to preach the gospel to a hurting and dying world, we'd love to send you a thank you video, either DVD or digital download. It's called Amazing Arches. And it's a four-part series about these incredible natural formations that are all across the United States. And we're going to focus on the arches of the east in Red River Gorge, Kentucky. And then we're going to go out west and see the beautiful red sandstone arches of the west. And uh, you'll enjoy this video. It's really beautiful. And you can get this for a gift of any amount. If your gift is $25 or more, we're going to thank you by sending you a second video, Our Awesome Universe. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out Ingrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on Ingrace Radio. Radio.